Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Paul Putz, with a fascinating discussion on the intersection of Christianity and sports in America. And so as Christians, we should be able to say, you know, those things aren't bad, but let me tell you what you're really yearning for when you're yearning for the excitement that comes from a sporting event, when you're yearning for this affirmation that comes from being a good athlete. You're not going to find it in the performance-based identity of an athlete. You can find it in the unconditional love of a savior who died for you. Paul Putz, next. Dr. Paul Putz's love of sports and of the Lord have led him into work which focuses on the intersection of faith and sports. This intersection is seen in many places, in the lives of individual athletes, in sports metaphors in scripture, in the use of sports as a platform to share the gospel, and more. Dr. Paul Putz is Assistant Director of the Faith and Sports Institute at Baylor University's George W. Truett Theological Seminary and author of the forthcoming book, The Spirit of the Game. Paul, tell us about your interest, your participation in sports, and then how you became especially interested in this intersection of sports and Christianity. For me, I think it starts as a kid. Probably that's how it is for most people. You know, I grew up in a small town in Nebraska. I was a pastor's kid and, you know, took to going outdoors and and playing basketball, baseball, football with neighborhood kids. We also, growing up, we didn't have a television. And the only thing that we could watch on TV were sporting events. And so for the World Series or the Super Bowl, we'd go over to my grandpa's house. We'd watch those games. And you just get caught up, I think, in the excitement and joy of sports at an early age. So it was a huge part of my life growing up. I was, um, basketball is my sport of choice, played that through high school, got to play that at a small Christian college. I've always loved basketball in terms of what I got to play. The faith piece comes in, of course, being a pastor's kid, I'm going to church and, and uh, you know, that, that faith in Christ became my own at age 12. And so I'm growing in, 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 in my faith. Um, but there was a little bit of a disconnect between who I am on the court and then my, my Christian identity until I got to about high school. And in high school, my basketball coach, a man named Joel Heiser, he was a Fellowship of Christian Athletes mentor. And so he was involved with FCA and really one of the most important people in my life in terms of forming and shaping who I am today. So through, through him, I really got a glimpse of how you can connect these identities of being a Christian and being an athlete. And I think that's what sparked my interest in exploring this, just knowing how formative sports were to shaping me into the person that I've become. I realized that was big in my life, and I've just had a passion and an interest in that ever since. What can you tell us about the uh, Faith and Sports Institute at Baylor University or at their uh, at the seminary there? I mean, that for a lot of people, they may not know that something like that even exists. It's pretty unique. It is pretty unique. So the, the origins of this, it goes back to about 2011. And around that time, there were some people who, who thought, you know, at a place like Baylor, this Christian institution, we have major athletics. We also have this seminary. Why don't we combine those? Why aren't we doing more to, to really shape the future generations of leaders when it comes to Christians in sports or in sports ministry and sports chaplaincy. And so it began really then in, in 2011 as a sports ministry program. Uh, and then along the way, it took about eight, nine years of some development and other programming 
There was a, a high school retreat for athletes that was launched. There was an online certificate program to give continued education for Christian leaders in sports. There was this online Master of Arts in Theology and Sports Studies, which I lead, uh, that, that were developed as well. And so all of these different pieces and components sort of came under the umbrella of the Faith and Sports Institute. It's become a hub for forming and shaping Christian leaders in sports, providing theological education, but connecting that to practical work on the ground. I think it's that's, that's something really essential for us at Truett. You know, we want to be a space where it's not just being in the books, being in the classroom, thinking about theory. It's about how do we take what we're learning and apply it in everyday ways to real life. So we love that in terms of faith and sports connections. We think theology has something to say about sports, uh, but we think it needs to be embodied and practiced for it to really be transformative. What can you tell us then, uh, Paul, about sports or athletic uh metaphors I'm, I'm thinking in terms of scripture it's it's something that's uh you, you you find in a number of different places right absolutely i think that's one of the great things when you're an athlete is is you you catch on pretty quick if you're a christian hey the bible talks about sports we have these metaphors of running the race and fighting the good fight and you know pursuing the prize so we, we see these uh, as evidence in the new new testament and uh, i think we can we can take heart in that and and, and you know learn something from those metaphors. Um, we actually have a New Testament scholar who is a postdoctoral fellow with the Faith and Sports Institute, and he is working on a book that is on the athletic imagery in the New Testament and trying to hmm. help us understand what those verses and what those passages mean. And I think one of the things that we always want to to think about as Christians what difference does Christianity make, right? Everyone can play sports, anyone can enjoy it and get the benefits from it. So, so what does it mean to approach sports in a distinctly Christian way? And some of the work he's doing is showing how those verses in the New Testament that relate to, say, running the race, um, how if, if we understand them in the context of their times, they have a, a deeper meaning that might go beyond some of those practical applications that we we use them for sometimes. Well, what does it look like to, I mean, I mean, for most people that are listening to this, I mean, they're if they even participate in sports, it's recreational. It's on the weekends or maybe occasionally. But but of course, then you have all the way to the professional level. But what does it mean to approach sports from a distinctly Christian perspective? Hey, that's what we're always trying to figure out together. I think the starting point, though, is you want to see sports as part of a larger story, a larger narrative. I think ultimately. When we become a Christian, we decide to follow Christ. What we're doing is we're entering into an entirely different story that gives meaning to our lives. It means we're no longer living to build our own kingdoms. We're no longer living to embrace, you know, whatever the culture around us says is important. We're told to actually get our values and our identity from the story of Scripture. And so that means if we want to approach sports in a Christian way, we need to say, what, is, what story does Scripture give us about who we are why we're here and what we should be pursuing in life. And, and, and I think, um, you know, sports isn't talked a lot about in the Bible, but human beings have talked a lot about, community is talked a lot about, the cultivating the fruits of the spirit, the type of people we should become, that is all over the Bible. And so we would want to place sports within that framework so that we look at sports through the lens of the Bible instead of the other way around. I think it can be so easy because sports are so compelling, because they're such a powerful force in our culture, it can be very easy to actually take sports and try to look at the Bible through the lens of sports. We want to reverse that. We want to say, no, as Christians, 
the starting point is the the story of scripture and and seeing ourselves as part of that that grand narrative um, rooted in pursuing Christ. And then once we have that in place, now we can embrace sports as long as we have it rightly ordered, as long as it's not an idol, as long as it's not the most important thing. If we put it in its right place, sports can be a beautiful thing received as a gift from God and then engaged in for the glory of God. You made an interesting uh, statement there, Paul, as long as it's not an idol. At, at what point can uh, passion or enthusiasm, love for sports be, become an idol, become idolatrous? It's, a, it's, it's tricky. Our, our hearts are deceitful. I think we can so easily tell ourselves it's not an idol when it really is. I think that's why being in a Christian community is important. I think that's why being able to be honest with ourselves, to reflect, to check, um, you know, where are we spending our time, money, and attention? Where are we giving our main focus to? And that that can be an important thing. You know, just last night before we had this conversation, I, I teach a, um, you know, in our in our Master of Arts in Theology and Sports Studies program, I teach a class on the history of sports and Christianity, and we spent probably forty five minutes last night talking about this very question of why is it that we can be so passionate about going to a sports game and eh, not so excited about going to church on Sunday morning? Is that bad? Is, you know, should we be more excited about church or, you know, we're just wrestling with this tension in this question of where is that line between loving sport in a healthy way versus idolatry? You know, when we think about idolatry, um, there's a, Christian author Andy Crouch, who he says idolatry is when you take a good thing and you make it an ultimate thing. It's going from good to great, right? So it's not that sports are a bad thing, but anything that starts good, but then we make it ultimate, that's an idol because it, the only person, thing that deserves the ultimate place is God. And so it could be sports, it could be anything else. It, it's good, but it becomes bad once we make it too important. Uh, I wish I had an um, A plus B equals C yeah. formula yeah. to determine that. But again, it's such a inward um, motivational thing. It, it it requires discernment and reflection, and it has to be done in Christian community so we can hold each other accountable. Well, it is interesting that uh, it, at least for some people, uh, and maybe this is obvious to even say this in our culture, sports has become very much like a religion. Yeah, no, I think that's right. Either you even think about the rituals that people engage in, the uh, way they feel, you know, when, when you're at a sporting event, it's it, it very much has elements of religion. And in fact, there's a whole sub-discipline of academics who have written books on the ways sports are like religion. Hmm. So this is this is a live question. I think for Christians, what we can do is is it's it's sort of like um, what we see in the New Testament when Paul is going to to Athens and he's observing the culture of Athens, and he doesn't condemn it. Instead, he said he, he looks at it and he says, okay, this God that you are worshiping, you know, that you, you, you think you know, actually the true God is going to fulfill those desires that you have that can't be fulfilled in this false God. And I think if we look at sports in that way as, as something that is a cultural obsession, but look at it by reflecting on what does that say about our yearnings as a culture? Um, if sport has become a religion, how can we sit, how can we point people to the true God who satisfies those yearnings that we're trying to find in sports? You know, people might find their identity with their sports teams. They might find excitement and purpose and passion with their sports teams. And so as Christians, we should be able to say, you know, those things aren't bad, but 
let me tell you what you're really yearning for when you're yearning for the excitement that comes from a sporting event, when you're yearning for this affirmation that comes from being a good athlete. You're not going to find it in the performance-based identity of an athlete. You can find it in the unconditional love of a savior who died for you. So I think it's an opportunity for us as Christians to, um, again, take take stock of the culture around us and hopefully point people to the, the, the healthy way that they can see themselves. Talking about Christianity and sports with Dr. Paul Putz. He is assistant director of the Faith and Sports Institute at Baylor University's George W. Truett Theological Seminary. Well, you were uh, just mentioning, uh, Paul, that uh, you, you were, last night you were uh, teaching a course about the uh, history of Christianity and sports. And, and I'm wondering, in terms of uh, the, the use of testimonies of famous athletes in sharing the gospel, I mean, some people, some names may immediately come to mind. Can you talk about, can you trace that to where that began to be sort of a thing, a sort of introduced into the culture to as as the sports as a vehicle to communicate the gospel and who were some of the the early people that uh, that did that yeah i mean we talked about this in that very class it really probably about 130 140 years ago in the united states you started to see this happen quite a bit and that's when we 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 got our modern sports world around that time for sports to exist as they exist today we needed things like lots of leisure time and money to spend so that it could actually become a vocation for athletes and coaches. And once that happened, you started to see Christians try to figure out, well, what do we do with this? And there were some Christians who said, you know what? We need to stay away from sports. Sports are a diversion. They're dangerous. They're associated with you know, drinking and gambling and swearing. And so we need to be suspicious of sports. There were a lot of Christians who felt that. But there's another group of Christians around this time, and scholars call them muscular Christians, who said sports are an opportunity for us to reach people. They're an activity that we engage with with our whole bodies. Our bodies are given to us by God. And so let's figure out a way that, that we can connect the Christian faith with sports. So there are early figures uh, like a Billy Sunday. Billy Sunday is this famous evangelist who had played Major League Baseball. He ends up leaving baseball a few years after he's converted. And even though he leaves baseball, he still talks about his past as an athlete as he's preaching the gospel. So he's a he's an early example. But my favorite example is James Naismith, who's the inventor of basketball. Hmm. You know, he creates basketball at a Christian college for Christian purposes. I mean, he he enrolls at the college, and this is his quote, to win men for the master through the gym. And it's out of that purpose that he eventually decides to create the sport of basketball and basketball spreads throughout the world. And, and people today don't necessarily know the Christian origins of basketball, but it was really created out of this, uh, you know, missionary, evangelistic, Christian character building impulse by James Naismith. And, you know, they, we could go on down the line from, from uh, those early figures um, and you could move move on into the 1950s and 60s and 70s. People like a Bobby Richardson, who was the second baseman for the Yankees, is a well-known baseball player. Bill Glass, who graduated from Baylor and played in the NFL for about 10 years. He's a famous evangelist providing his testimony. So there's a long history of this, and it continues to the present day. And I think it's fascinating to trace out that lineage. And if the famous movie, uh, Chariots of Fire, uh, spotlighting uh, Eric Little. That uh... Eric Little, that's right. You know, he's in 1924. That's when he 
uh, is running in the Olympics and decides not to run on Sunday, upholding, you know, preserving the Sabbath. And at the time in 1924, he got some attention uh, from that. Uh, you know, even if we didn't have television back then, he still got attention for taking this principled stand. He goes on to become a missionary then. And even though he's not an athlete after that Olympic uh, experience, he still draws on sports as he's evangelizing. And then, of course, yeah, 1981 Chariots of Fire comes out and that becomes this really important film connecting these Christian and athlete identities that I think inspires a whole new generation. Well, and it's interesting that that emphasis on, well, Eric Little viewed Sunday as the Sabbath, refusing to run on the Sabbath as he saw it, and uh, let somebody else run, and he still won a gold medal and very uh, much admired and uh, for his stand, and, and yet that continues to kind of be an issue with, with youth sports, right, and, and, and the whole issue of Sunday and sports participation and, and, and the, sometimes the conflict there. And Billy Graham himself kind of spoke out, and his view on it kind of evolved, right, where he realized, I don't know if he saw it as a lost cause, but um, he, he began to sort of see it as a, as a matter of uh, Christian liberty or something. That's right. Yeah, you can look at how Billy Graham approached sports as a good lens into how Christians shifted over the 20th century in the United States. You know, early on in Billy Graham's career, it was just a definite no. If it comes to playing sports on Sunday, Billy Graham and many other, you know, evangelical Christians would have said, we just can't do it. It's, it's a matter of Christian witness. You don't play sports on a Sunday. By the 19, end of the 1950s into the 1960s, that shifted and sports were gaining more attention and traction. And someone I mentioned earlier, Bill Glass, the graduate from Baylor, he actually spent his first year in professional football. He played in Canada because their games weren't on Sunday. Mm. And then after one year in Canada, he had a change of heart. And for him, he said he just felt that that God would have wanted Christians to have a witness in this game of football, that they needed to be present in some way. And so Bill Glass, after one year in Canada, goes into the NFL. What he does do is Bill Glass helps to launch a series of Bible studies and pregame chapels in the NFL so that even if he can't go to church on a Sunday, at least during the season, he still has chapel services on his team and he has Bible studies so that there's this Christian network of athletes who can strengthen each other and support each other. Uh, Billy Graham has a similar shift. He would prefer that athletes don't play sports on a Sunday, but he kind of just sees it as not, not the fight worth emphasizing that, hey, let's, let's have Christians present in this space, and that way we can have a witness for Christ. So it's, it's on some pragmatic grounds, and I think we, you know, that tension is still today because even if we've kind of accepted that it's okay to watch sports or play sports on a Sunday for pro athletes, it's now filtered down into youth sports. And if, if you talk to pastors today, this is a major issue where parents have kids on these travel teams and they're missing, you know, Sundays all throughout the year because they're going to play youth sports instead of being a part of the body of Christ in terms of the you know gathering every Sunday. That's a really big challenge. And, and I don't have easy answers for it. I don't think many pastors have an easy answer for it. But it continues to pop up as this question and this issue of priorities and how do we connect sports with Christianity, um, but also have some boundaries and priorities in place. It's a hard question. Well, as you consider the uh, the, the role of uh, Christian athletes, I'm thinking professional athletes you've mentioned, of course, ones from the past like Bobby Richardson and and uh, Bill Glass, and then uh, certainly more recently, although he's, he's not uh, – 
playing Tim Tebow and, and, and people like that, where they have really big platforms to, to, to communicate their faith. And, and yet at the same time, there are actually ministries, many people will know of these, but uh, others won't, that are uh, ministries that are specifically use sports and even sports teams as vehicles for evangelism. Yeah, I mean, you're, that's right. I mentioned one earlier, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes shaped my life growing up as a kid. That actually inspired you know me to do the work I do now. I'm a historian who studies sports and Christianity. I, I knew FCA had been important to me, and it made me want to explore the history of groups like FCA. You know, how did Christians come to see sports as this ministry opportunity, and how did they organize together to create this this you know Christian culture within sports of of mutual support and encouragement? And that's a lot of my own research and writing has been on that history. I mentioned Bill Glass just a little bit ago, Bill Glass was involved with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And in the 1950s, the FCA really launches this movement of Christians involved in sports. Um, by the 1960s, you have Athletes in Action, which comes along as part of what was then known as Campus Crusade for Christ. They're the sports wing of that. By the 1970s, you have Pro Athletes Outreach and Baseball Chapel as well. And so you have these networks of sports ministries they're embedded within the sports industry, and so they're able to have team Bible studies, have chapel services. They have these off-season retreats and conferences so that athletes and coaches can actually get spiritual training, support, and encouragement. And, and I think sports, what's fascinating about sports, it's become this space in American culture that has become more Christian over time. Hmm. And most areas, we would say the opposite is true, right? If you compare today to the 1920s, 100 years ago, you look at Hollywood, you look at you know music and movies and books and media and, and colleges and education, and, and there's been a trend towards secularization. But if you look at sports, there are way more Christians in sports today willing to talk about Jesus and talk about their faith than there were in the 1920s. And that is because of the work of groups like the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Athletes in Action, and so on. Well, this this question has been much debated, Paul, uh, especially among those uh, families, uh, those individuals that are very involved in sports, who, who might say, well, sports can be used for uh, Christian or spiritual, moral character formation. Uh, and others might push back and say, well, but sports involves having to, you know, defeat the opponent and and you're supposed to love your neighbor. I mean, can you can you tell us to what extent, at least from where you sit, can sports be used for that kind of formation? Yeah, it's it is a live question, a live debate. Scholars are, look into this as well. And the consensus just from from kind of the academic or the scholar perspective is that sport does have the potential to develop moral values but it also has the potential to lead to vice, right? It, sport is going to shape us one way or the other. The mm. question is, will it shape us in positive ways or will it shape us in negative ways? There's really not a neutral space there. It's happening. And so we need in sports leaders, coaches, parents, you know, um, athletic directors. We need people who are invested in bringing out what is best about sports, especially with our, our kids and young people who are playing it, because that's that's how we're going to get the most out of sports. So uh, I think we have to be intentional about the purposes of sport, and, and we need people who have integrity and character who can get in the world of sports and, and help bring out what's possible. At the same time, if we're you know thinking about this distinctly Christian perspective, 
you're right that there can be a little bit of a disconnect between, you know, if we think about the teachings of Jesus, uh, turning the other cheek, you know, that that you shouldn't, you know, who among you is the greatest? Well, you, it's the person who serves, that's the greatest. That seems to be um, uh, sort of an anti-competition teaching. And mm-hmm. there are some scholars who would say, that's right. There's some scholars, um, academics, who would argue that Christians really shouldn't be competing with one another and that sports are actually antithetical. They're, they oppose Christian values. Personally, I don't take that view. Here's what I think. I think that competition, rightly understood, is, is actually about community. Competition is actually about uh, people who need each other to get the joy out of sports that they can get. You know, you couldn't have a game if you didn't have two people lined up on the other side. You couldn't have the joy of competition if your opponent didn't join you in that game. And so if, if Christians want to do sports in a Christian way, it's not about saying, no, we can't compete. It's about saying, hey, you should love your opponent. You rely on your opponent. You depend on them. Go hard. Give it your best. Give it your all. Play with intensity, not out of hate, not to try to dominate your opponent, but instead give your best because that's how you love your opponent well. If you give your best, they give their best. You become better versions of yourself. So I think there are ways that Christians can can speak into some of these areas of sports, can bring out what's best about it. At the same time, there's always that tendency to just sort of baptize the status quo, to just uh, not reflect on how sports might be shaping us in some unchristian ways if we're not careful. On the local church level, to what extent are local churches um, recognizing this passion for sports and our culture and are tapping into it as an avenue to reach the people in the culture? Here in Waco, there's some churches, I think, that do this really well. One, I think, of is, is First Baptist in Woodway. And there's a couple students, actually, in our residential grad program, in our, in our program here at True Seminary. Case Smith is one, who have developed a sports outreach uh, program where they host recreational leagues at the church. Uh, they engage in outreach in that way. And they also structure it because... <laughs> I mean, look, I'm sure some of your listeners have been in a church league basketball, church basketball league. It's not always the most Christian place to be. It can, it can end up being hostile and mm-hmm. there's fights and yeah. it doesn't seem very Christian, right? So uh, even in that church space, there's a need to be intentional about how we structure it and the culture that we build within it. And at First Woodway, I've seen that done really well. I've also seen um, you know, churches who support youth sports initiatives. I would love to see more of this because I think youth sports is one of those rare issues that brings everyone in our culture together. I don't care if you're liberal or conservative or where you fall, pretty much everyone agrees youth sports has problems. You know, we spend too much time, too much money on it. We we have parents who are abusive and yelling at the referees. We have coaches who are the same and don't know what they're doing. We have adults living vicariously through their kids. And then we have problems with access, right? People who maybe come from poor neighborhoods and communities, they can't afford to play because of how much it takes. And I think that's a a common cause that churches could be involved with trying to provide solutions and trying to just create a a healthy, safe space for kids to get to play. Um, And at the end of the day, that's what it should be about. It shouldn't be at a young age about trying to you know, compete at the nationals. There's time and space for that later on. Early on, let them play, explore, compete, learn the joy of competition. And and churches, I think, can be invested in that in ways that love their neighbors well. Are there any books, blogs, whatever, that you might recommend uh, that, that address 
these issues surrounding Christianity and sports that might be uh, helpful? I think one of the best is from Brian Smith. He's an Athletes in Action staff member and has a book out that's called The Christian Athlete. And um, I think his, his website or blog is actually called The Christian Athlete, or you could check out his book. But he writes, he, he writes in a really thoughtful way, compelling way about a lot of these issues. Another one is Sports Spectrum. Sports Spectrum is a, a media, it's a magazine and a media space where if you're just curious about what athletes, what coaches are, are Christians and are talking about their faith, you can hear podcasts, you can see stories where you'll get a sense of this faith and sports world. And, and those are two really good. The last one I'll say is there's a podcast called Sport Faith Life. And this is for maybe those who are a little more intellectually inclined. It's put together by a couple of friends of mine, and they just invite guests, sometimes academics, philosophers and scholars, but sometimes athletes and coaches. And they just bring in a conversation to help Christians think more about sports. You've been listening to His People on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to our guest, Dr. Paul Putz, Assistant Director of the Faith and Sports Institute at Baylor University's George W. Truett Theological Seminary. Go to truettseminary.baylor.edu. Coming up on tomorrow's program, it's Adam Carrington reviving what he calls the Christian dignity of politics. Recognize politics's potential and its limitations and wait for the ultimate inbreaking of the kingdom when Christ returns. That's a hard uh, juxtaposition, but one that I think that we're called to and that can give politics both its dignity and its limits at the same time. That's tomorrow at the same time, right here on His People. Thanks for listening.